Blog Talk Radio. Hey, 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 my friends, everybody out there in Radio Land listening to Off the Shelf on this Saturday morning. Oh, my goodness, it is the last Saturday in May, May 28, 2009. I was just telling my son the other day, my goodness, time is just flying by. We are almost into June. Oh, my gosh, and I'm planning a trip to Florida to see my baby brother with my sister, Adrian, and her two daughters uh, and my son, and he works at four Universal Studios. He's like an event planner, and he's an actor. And he was telling me, oh, my God, you're coming down at the time when it's going to be gazillions of people down here. <laughs> you can come down and he'd give me some deals. But he said, it's gonna, you better be prepared to stand in some long lines. I guess everybody has for Florida in the summertime. But I want to welcome you to Off the Shelf. I'm, I'm, this week I always check in with my guests just to make sure they're still on. And I did hear from uh, our guests once this week, but I wasn't sure if she was just telling me thanks for a link I had sent her or if she was confirming that she was actually going to be on here. And she's actually uh, a very motivational, inspirational writer, speaker, dealing with you know psychology and things that we can do to live the lives that we want to live and, and, and reach our goals and achieve them. I, I do hope that she's on, to, that is able to get on today. She has one of those email, uh, and some of you tuning in to Off the Shelf might have them as well, those email um, programs so that people have, when somebody emails you, they have to fill out a questionnaire and they have to put in the code, I guess to avoid spam. Uh, I don't have one of those, and I don't want to say this and then get a ton of spam, but I don't get a lot of spam. And then sometimes I think that system can prevent you from getting emails uh, uh, you know, the, 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 they don't just go straight through. People have to fill out those forms, and sometimes people don't want to fill out the form, or you might not get the email. I hope that she's on today. If not, I'm going to have to do some quick footstepping to uh, do something to get through today's show, and I will do that. And I it might just cut the show a little shorter today if she doesn't join. But I'm hoping that she joins us because I really want to connect with her interview her, and also uh, so you all can gain from what she shares. I cannot thank you guys enough. Oh, my goodness, I was sitting here updating my online diary and my website, and I'm rushing to get over to today's show, right, because I was doing some updates on my website and a few things I want to tell you guys about. And I'm, and part of it I was saying in there on my online diary that I'm getting ready to go and do the off-the-shelf radio show, and I'm saying we're in the seventh year. I, I It's still shocking to me how... This show came about. I was I was actually I think it was marketing and promoting Porsche, and I went out to uh, Neil Blake who owns Blake Radio and that's still on. Uh, he's got one of the oldest, if not the oldest, African American internet talk radio shows. He his has been gone probably ten years or more. He does the Rainbow Soul and he interviews some very accomplished musicians. Again, that's Blake Radio. Um, his name is Neil Blake on the Rainbow Soul Channel. If you ever want to hear some accomplished musicians being interviewed, you, sh- you should go check that out. He had interviewed a, a jazz artist uh, this week. I didn't catch it. It was at 10 o'clock, but um, very, very good artist, very interesting interviews. Anyway, so I reached out to Neil, and I wanted to do some, see if he would interview me uh, to discuss Portia, and he just came back to me and said, 
instead of me interviewing you, why don't you start your own radio show right here at uh, Blake Radio? He's on Blog Talk Radio now, but Blake Radio, Rainbow Soul. And I'm like, oh, my God. I had never, had, of course, had a radio show before, and I'm thinking, what do I do? I don't <laughs> do a radio show. I've never done one before. And um, I just put it together and decided I would interview other authors and business leaders and people in the in the, in the book industry and to help the listeners who are tuning in who want to know how what they can do to either start writing a book, finish a book, get get an editor for their book, market and promote their book, find a publisher for their book, or their products or their services if they're in business, or how to get a freelance writing career off the ground, which is something that I've had personal experience with over the last couple of years, which I'm grateful for. So uh, I wanted to help people, and that's when I started Off the Shelf. And I have I have met some wonderful, wonderful people, wonderful writers, different creative artists uh, in the industry. I tell you, I have truly been blessed from poets to nonfiction writers to fiction writers to screenplay writers to editors to people who promote books. Um, you talk about your publicists. And and and, your, and 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 other people who you who have marketing gurus, I have met through off the shelf, and I'm truly blessed. Seven years, and this uh, next week I will pick the w- winners for the uh, uh, Chisel Publishing r- Writing Contest, which is an annual contest that runs from October through the end of February, and that's been going eleven years. I I, I tell you. I look back even as I was doing my website, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I, I, when I first started and, and looking at it now, and I think our guest is probably not going to join us today. So I'm going to think of some things that I can give you, some tips, some some advice that I can give you that will benefit you uh, today and throughout your creative career and whatever goals that you're seeking and trying to accomplish. And I've been talking this long, and I want to introduce myself to people who are just tuning in for the first time to Off the Shelf. I am your host, Denise Turney, and have learned over the years to be extremely flexible. You got to be, you got to be, you got to be. I'm your host, Denise Turney, and I am coming to you live from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. If you could look out my office window and see the sun pouring in. There's a huge, these two huge trees. There's either two or three huge trees. They go over the tops of the buildings that right outside of my office window. And behind them are is a, just a light blue sky with the white fluffy clouds. It just looks like big huge cotton balls in the sky. That's what I see out of my window. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous day for this Memorial Day weekend. And I hope you all either got Friday off from work. Uh, those of you who, who who leave home to go to work and don't work from home, or even if you work from home, I'll give yourself some time off, or that you get Monday off, which is the day that Memorial Day is observed, so you can truly enjoy this weekend. It is looks like a gorgeous one for the beach, for for if you want to go to if you're here in the Philadelphia, New Jersey area, you want to go to Great Adventure. Uh, there's Dorney Park. Uh, you got you got Hershey Hershey Park, which is a little going towards Harrisburg. It's a little probably about I don't know two two hours or more from Philadelphia. But there's so much you can you can go Reading and go to the shopping outlets, or come up here to the Franklin Mills Mall and go shopping, or down to Center City and go check out the his, historic 
there, there's so many historic places in, in Philadelphia. You can go there. Check out the Ben Franklin Institute. There's just so much to do. But I want to thank you all for your support, and I do encourage you, and I, and I ask you not to let another day pass before you pick up a copy of Long Walk Up. I say this at the start of every show, and, and, and I'm grateful for those who have bought copies of Long Walk Up, but we can certainly sell a whole, whole lot more copies of Long Walk Up. And it, it, it's a short book that came to me divinely inspired. I was driving uh, to, to Princeton at the time when I worked for a financial investment firm, and out of nowhere, this guidance comes to write this book. And so that's why I sat down and wrote Long Walk Up. It came to me in a way that no other book has come to me. I mean, I've been driving or out doing something in a story, it'll just pop into my head, and then I'll sit down and write it, and it'll just work. But this one came with specific, specific instructions. And so I wrote it, uh, and it's about a little girl from East Africa, and she's from a very uh, different tribes in Africa, or like different communities. Some people now call tribes communities. Uh, they're different, just like your family and the communities where you live. I think about the communities where I grew up and where the community I live in now. The community I live in now is very different than the community where I grew up. So you, you think about different communities. Some are stronger. Some have um, may, may have a uh, you may be quickly able to observe some negative components in some communities more quickly than you can see. Uh, in the others, you know, there's always that um, uh, yin and yang. So you you don't see it in uh, some other communities. It seems more hidden until you get more deep into it. Same way with a good story. As soon as you get more deep into it, then you, more things become revealed. Some communities, it's like right away. You just see uh, uh, some negative and you want to back away from it. But we all have that, you know, with us as each individual so our communities are going to have it. But the little girl in Long Walk Up, she's from a a community that this, despite all of its attributes, all of its traits, is a very strong community. And one of the reasons for this is, and, and who knows how this happens, but every person who has led this community has... Uh, or, or what you would call a tribe years ago, but think of community because there's people starting to use the word community for tribes. Um, there was always a strong leader, somebody who, despite the odds, despite how grim it looked, uh, despite how much it might have looked like, uh, there's no way we can get out of this situation, despite how much it looked like, there's no way we can win. They always had leaders who believed we we can win, regardless of what it looks like, and we are going to keep moving forward. And the community that the little girl in Long Walk Up is from, her name is Mulliken, uh, they've always had leaders, and her father was was a leader. He wasn't the, the top, top leader, but he was he was a leader in the community, as many, you would hope all adults and parents are leaders, uh, so that when your children are faced with things in life and they feel like giving up, you can do your life live as an example, not just your words, but your life, and show them that, you know, change does come and keep moving forward, which is something I wrote in my online diary at my website, www.chistel.com today, and I've been keeping my online diary for, oh my goodness, I want to say maybe eight, ten years, 
but uh, which I updated it today. But that's what happens in Long Walk Up. They are blessed to always have a leader who shows them, just like today's show. Uh, I hope that we can connect with our guests at some time in the future. Uh, but I have learned over the years, and trust me, I don't get upset. I don't get wigged out. I just keep moving forward because I don't know what happened. My guess is that through that email um, spam thing she had, I don't think she got my message about the reminder for today's show. So I am going to keep moving forward, and that's that's what the the leader in Long Walk Up is able to encourage uh, uh, the people in the community, Mulliken, her her mother, her siblings, and then her after her father passes because before then he did that. That despite what it looks like, you got to keep moving forward. You're never going to find out and live in what's on the other side of where you are now if you stop right where you are. You just you just not. You'll spend your whole life guessing, and you can guess that it's going to be more of the same. Which it could be, if you keep if you continue to focus on what you what it is now, and don't at some point you've got to focus on what you want, and not what currently is. What you want, sometimes we're we're fortunate it is what we have now, but life is a moving thing, and even if you have what you want now. That's going to change at some point. So you've got to continue to have some form of projection. Uh, You want to live in the present, but you want to continue to create. And to create, you must look forward. You must look forward. Enjoy where you are. Be fully present where you are, but also project or, or envision. Have a vision, a vision at all times for the next step. Enjoy where you are, be in the present, but have a a vision so you can create the next day, the next step. You know, you can co-create with our source uh, 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 a very, very beautiful life. And I think that's how life is created, not finding a spot that feels good and then just desperately wanting to stay in that spot because life changes. People we love, they leave this earth. People we love come into this earth. We call that babies being born and people dying. Like a, like you sitting in an airport, people come in, people go out of your life. This is the same way you see people getting arrivals and departures at an airport. It's, it's similar to that. Life is always changing. So even when you're in a spot where things feel good, uh, don't be desperate to cling to that. Life is moving. That is even going to change. So then you want to have vision. So you're always creating something even more beautiful every step ahead that you take. Live in the present, but have vision to help co-create uh, your future. So that's what the leaders do are able to do in Long Walk Up, and they face some very severe challenges that we that we would call severe. And by those, I mean shortage of food, uh, disease. Uh, just just the whole landscape is just barren, and when they first got into one area it was it was just so lush, so full and this is what I mean by life changes all the time. It was so full where they were, you know some of the mountains that we have now right now on this earth used to be valleys, and some valleys were once mountains that's that's life that is life there's no way around it there's I don't even think if you leave your physical body that you can get away from life 
It's, it's, it's everywhere. How are you going to get away from it? Death won't even let you escape it. And so to learn, to enjoy where you are and to have vision you can co-create, just every day gets better and better as you as you do that. Uh, not saying that you're going to always feel wonderful, because I'm told at the start of the creating process, you generally feel kind of not good at all. And that's when your requests go out to God for something else, as you feel maybe miserable or awful. And just trust as you have a vision that this thing I want, this good thing, if it's meant to be, it is mine already. And just keep keep moving forward. Uh, so so Moloch in the community that she's in, she's so blessed, and they realize that. They know they have strong leaders, and, and the leaders have different personalities. Some of the leaders are kind and gentle, and some of the leaders are very firm or what we might call hard or mean. And at the start of Long Walk Up, the, the, the guy who's leading the community at that time, at this point Moloch's father has passed away, and her siblings have all passed away, and it's just her and her mother, and she's very close to her mother, and then malaria hits, it comes into the community, and the leader is thinking, at this point, like we all do in our lives, do we stay here where we are, or do we move on, because he can see, as we often can see or feel in our own lives, that this situation is drying up. We can be in different places. It could be a job. It could be a habit that you have where you see that this is drying up. You know, if it was something physical, you would see the, 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 no more, no more, the corn's not coming up anymore. There's no more spinach. There's no more, there's no more greens coming up. It's, 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 the situation is drying up. Do I stay here and just pray for a miracle that it will go back to the way it once was or better or at least close to that? Or do I leave this place and move on, knowing that somewhere on this planet it is lush, it is flourishing somewhere? Do I stay here and pray for a miracle and wait and wait and wait and wait? Or at some point, do I get the courage and move on? And I, and I think that when you talk to your source, our source, you'll get guidance on whether, no, stay here, this is going to change, or it's time for you to move on. It's time for you to move on. So for, for Mulliken, the the leader in the community, he hasn't come to that point yet where he's convinced that they should move on. He has concerns. He knows things are not well. But he's not sure. Should should they stay? Should they move on? And he's been he's been good uh up to this point to know and he's courageous. If they gotta move, he he'll get the community, we gotta go, we gotta we gotta we gotta move on. Uh, they stay together. They look out for each other. He is a hard leader, though. He's he's hard, and he's hard on Mulliken in the in the start of this uh, at the start of Long Walk Up. Uh, some readers might not like him or have a preference for him, but uh, by the end of the story, they will see uh, what Mulliken gained from him. Even though she's not really fond of him at the start, she does respect him, and his he, she knows he's a good leader. He's he's gotten them this far. He's gotten them this far, and through many a hard thing, he's gotten them through. The same thing with us as our, with our parents who love us. I'm not talking about abusive parents. I'm talking about parents who really love you, but they seem hard. Uh, sometimes you look back and you say, but they got me this far. We got this far under my mother's leadership. We got this far under my father's leadership. I'm not talking about abusive parents again. 
that is totally out, totally, totally, totally wrong. Uh, but sometimes you might think your parents are hard. They don't let you hang out with your friends as much as you want to, and so on and so forth. So all these elements, these these universal human elements, take place and long walk up. So her her the leader is hard to her, and he really is. He is hard, and 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 in some ways maybe overly hard. Uh, so she, do they stay? Do they leave? Most of us, I think, when we get used to following, as the people in the community have done, they wait for him. They wait for his move. And if you listen, if you look at read blogs, and you listen to uh, uh, just just when you listen to people talk or you're talking to your friends, I think you'll see that many of us do. We we see somebody who has a strong skill. Could be leadership. Could be a skill in business. This happened with the recession. This isn't the first recession America or, or any other country. America is a very young country, or any other country has seen. But we tend to wait. A lot of us we we we, we follow. So we wait for the government to do something. We wait for a banker to do something. We wait for another business owner to do something. We wait for a religious leader to do something. And we we get angry and upset with them and we wait for them. Why don't you do something and you do something and you do something. And uh, I heard a line actually uh, in Mortal Kombat the other day and the guy asked the leader, a leader, he said, how come you didn't save my brother, keep him from dying? And he looked. the leader looked at the guy who asked the question and said, why didn't you? And so when we get used to following, we 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 expect other people to save us. We expect other people. You do something about the economy. You do something, and you 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 create a business so I, you can hire me. You create a business so you can hire my children when they graduate from college. Why don't you? Why well, you know why do we ask other people to do things? That we can do. And then why do we tell ourselves, oh, but I can't do it. And I can't do it, and here are all the reasons. So you do it, and if you don't do it, I'm going to be mad at you because I really want it. Why don't you do the thing you want? So in, in Long Walk Up, most of the community does what, and I didn't write the book with the con- this concept in mind, the book is written with the concept of keep going, and 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 no matter what, I mean, because the odds in Long Walk Up, if you read the book, the odds are grim. They're grim, and but look what happens to the ones who keep going. Look what happens at the end, not the start, not the middle. Look, and so uh, in 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 this in this horrible situation this I shouldn't say horrible grim looking like there's just no hope it like you look at somebody and say you know you'd be silly to have hope right now you'd be silly to have hope right now i just finished reading a biography on Harriet Tubman and and what she went through and that you could say to her uh even before she left for for freedom and after she got there because it wasn't even easy when she got there and thank God she went back to help free others but to say to her there's situations you could have said to her you'd be silly to think there's hope right now look all around you you'd be silly 
to think there's hope right now. And so, but she did, and Mulliken does as well. And this is something, this is a great fiber in a human, the person who just says, I, you know, I know it looks bad, but I'm, I'm going to keep going. And not keep going with my head down. I'm expecting great things. I'm expecting great things. And so um, the the most of the people in the community, and this is what set Mulliken apart and has her to have a different ending in her life than some of the other people have in their lives. At 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 the at the start of the story, the people are waiting. And I contrast for the reader, the lush, you can see how lush it once was. You can see that these leaders are very capable. They are very capable. Africa and no other nation, Africa is a whole a continent. It's a whole lot older than any country over there than America. America is very, very a young country, but it, it, even through all it's been through, it didn't has not survived for nothing. It has not survived for nothing. So she she sees that they are capable. Is it what pe- other people might say it should be? Maybe not. But like they say, I'm still standing. Africa's still here. So she she uh, she. Uh, as the community goes from lush to you can see it just dropping off, even the children can notice it, to this barrenness. And uh, after Mulliken's mother dies of malaria, after her physical body trans, you know, transpires, it's no longer, she just lays it down and her spirit carries on. Uh, Mulliken, why should she stay? She she knows that the community will look out for her. They treat each other like everybody's family. But all of her bloodline there, they're gone. She's the only one remaining. And these these birds that her mother, and that's a beautiful, most beautiful, most beautiful singing. These are actual uh, real birds. And for right now, for some reason, they're, um, the name of the birds just escapes me. Uh, it's on my website, though. Um, these long-beaked birds, they're beautiful, beautiful colors, and they're only in certain parts of the world. I don't think they have them in the United States. Her mother loved these birds. They would they would hang, uh, sit in the acacia trees out where they were, and the people would sit up under them to cool to remain cool. And these birds just took off the morning after her mother passed, and she, something had been stirring in Mulliken's spirit all this time, and that was her. She needed no more. No more clue, no more evidence, no more sign, no more inner to external telling her, you've got to move. Do I stay here? Do I go? The rest of the community is waiting for the leader to tell them it's time to pack up. They're not even, they're at a point where a lot of us live our lives. We don't even make decisions for ourselves anymore. We just wait for somebody else to say, okay, it's time to go to another job. And they'll tell you that by laying you off. They'll tell you that by saying the, the department's going to be, uh, uh, <coughs> we're going to close the apartment, the department in Philly down, and we're going to move it to, I don't know, Arizona, wherever. They wait. A lot of us wait for other people to tell us, make decisions for us. And then we get mad when we don't like the decision. But we always have the right to make a decision on our own. But I don't know why so many of us feel like we're just getting pushed around in life. 
You're not. You're just not making a decision. You're just not choosing to make the choices for your own life. You're letting other people do it, but you don't have to. And so the the rest of the people are just waiting for the leader to make a decision. They they just, whatever, they just go through their days like many of us do and wait for somebody else to make a decision. And then we go along with it complaining and moaning and groaning or happy with the decision. But we can make our own life choices. And and so Mulliken is, she is the only one. She's six years old. She's six years old. She She is in a situation where you would think she wouldn't. You would think she'd think, oh, I can't, I don't know how to create money so or, or have money come to me so I can afford to eat. I, well, actually, the community she's from, they don't, they don't depend on money. They depend straight off of what our source gives us, whatever our source gives us in the land. Every community in the world does not live by money, not all. And years ago, nobody did. You prayed to God for latter rain. And you really prayed hard for it because that's when the crops came up and you had what you, you needed to sustain your physical experience. But now it's we don't see that, that even though that's still the root of everything we have, still comes from our source. We've got money so entwined in it that we actually think instead of the latter rain, we need money. But if the latter rain don't come, I don't care how much money you got, there will be nothing at the grocery store to buy. Oh, we still thank God for the latter rain. Uh, that is just not changed. It's just not changed. Just because we have illusion of food ourselves does not mean it's changed. It's still all coming from our source. It's still all coming from our source. It's still all coming from our source. And somewhere in her, Morlikin knows this. And so she um, she just knows. It, 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 she just knows. And anybody who's lived through something... And they just knew. It's hard to explain. She just knows she can't stay here. And so when these birds take off, that's like the sign she needs no more. And she heads up this hill that's been drawing her attention. Uh, This hill's been drawing her attention for the last couple of months. And it reminds me, as I think of it, to when in, in, in the Bible when Moses kept Noticing the mountain, and that was the mountain he was actually going to go up himself, but he didn't know it and get those ten talk to our source and get the Ten Commandments twice, but he didn't know it at the time, but something kept drawing him, so something keeps drawing her up this hill, and she finally takes off she has she figures I have no more reason to stay if her mother had continued to live, her life would have probably been completely different because she would have stayed. And sometimes some of the things that happen to us that we think are just devastatingly horrible are they're like keys, and that we're gonna they're gonna help us to go through a door that we would not have gone through had we not hadn't that experience not happened. And I'm sure if you look back over your own life, you can think of things that you thought were just awful. If they hadn't happened, you might not have made a choice you made. And so she, after her mother is, and it's the morning after, no, it's the the day after, the two, a day, uh, two days after her mother is buried, or her body is buried, she, Mulliken takes off up this hill, not knowing 
Now I'm thinking of Abraham, not knowing where this hill leads. She's never been over this hill before. She's six years old. She's six years old. She has no idea what tomorrow's going to bring. She has no idea what is over this hill. She doesn't know where this hill leads. This hill could lead into a swamp. It could lead into a lion's den. It could. She doesn't know. But what she does know is, and she knows this deep in herself, she can't stay where she is. And she's her family's already been back. She couldn't go further back the other way. Well, she could, but they came from that way. She knows what's behind her. They've been there. She doesn't want to go back. This little girl has courage. She has courage. She doesn't want to go back. So she goes up this hill, not knowing where it leads, and it leads to more barrenness at first. Just absolute, absolute. And she falls down on the earth and just it has a fit with God. I mean... I'm just upset. Like, I can't take anymore. I can't take another step. Her body is is is, is, is exhausted. Imagine you in 130-degree heat. You haven't had nothing to drink or eat. You've been walking for hours. What would you feel like? So she just collapses to the ground, and whatever comes to her, she's willing to eat. I don't care if it's a bug. And sometimes we get there in life, it's like, I will take anything. <laughs> and so she gets up. She finds her strength. It comes to her somewhere. These are what I call life. These are truly blessings when you get the strength to keep moving. And when you're exhausted. In every kind of way, you could be exhausted. And she keeps going. And then she runs into a market. And it just that's that's something she's never seen in her life and that was what happens when you keep going you can't even imagine what's ahead but if you stay where you are you know what's there it's the same old thing and so she keeps going and she runs into a market and she meets a a, a wonderful man who's uh, packing up she stays there and listens and she's just amazed that nobody here is hungry Nobody here is begging for food. These people seem so happy and so full of life. And it just, in her mind, she knows this is a great contrast. She now knows everything's not the way it was where I am. Whether some, and to our listeners, whether you're in an abusive relationship, in a financial bind, looking for, looking and praying hard for a job. Look around you, and and rather than to be angry and look at people who are not in a situation you are, they might have two jobs. They might have a job that pays tremendously well. Just use that as contrast, to to contrast your situation, not in anger and rage and envy, but to say, my situation can change. Evidence, look at him. Look at her. Because whatever somebody else has, trust me, the universe is not, as far as I know, our source is not prejudiced. You can get to, and even more. And just use that as contrast. You know, if you're in debt, somebody who's not in debt, use that as contrast. 
for your situation, that I know it is possible for me to come out of this. She's not living in it. He's not living in it. And that's how we bless people when we live good lives. We can be that evidence. And so she she um, she has that at the market. If she had quit, she wouldn't have it. She wouldn't have it. She kept going. And she keeps going even beyond then. And there are periods in Mulliken's life where she's in situations where she's there for a while, like we are in our lives. And it seems like she gets to rest and she's constantly learning and she's a very aware person. She's aware of what's going around her. She's not sleepwalking through life. And her destiny, (laughs) if you took the start of the first two chapters, or even the first chapter of Long Ago, it's a short book. It's only about 100 pages. You could read it in a day uh, very easily. If you took the first chapter and the last chapter and compared them, you might not think it was the same person. Her life changes that much because she keeps going. She keeps going. She just keeps going. And she has no human to give her advice, and if she did, I don't even think she'd take it. Uh, Her mother in the spirit form, does help her. She helps Mulliken. Mulliken is not alone. Her mother gives her promptings and just, she does help her from the other side. And she, she she's the first one who tells Mulliken, you're a mighty warrior. You, you get up. Get up. You're a mighty warrior. Her mother knows what she is. She knows what she is. And she stays with her until Mulliken realizes a guy that she works with is a is a is is a man she's going to share the rest of her life with. Not that we meet people, uh, and there's a term years ago. You all probably probably might have heard it. It was soulmate, and I think that term soulmate you don't hear it as much. I don't hear it as much as uh, as I used to, and maybe because I don't believe in it uh, like I used to. But uh, I think that term represents. For many of us, somebody who there will be no struggle, and if so, it will be minimal. There will be no hurt, no pain, uh, no heartache, no frustration, no feeling like I'm putting pushing a hill up a mountain, none of that. we just going to gel and flow, and it's going to be so good. And sure, life has its challenges, but we just going to get on through all that. And that's what I think people think soulmate is. They're going to love me forever and ever. Then They're not going to die early. They they ain't going to get sick. I'm not I'm not going to be a caretaker for them. It's just going to be just, they ain't, I, I'm not going to get sick. They ain't going to never have to care for me like that. It's just going to be wonderful. It's just, uh, that's what we think of soulmate. And I think a lot of uh, what we think about soulmate is ideal, we're just being idealistic. We are imagining someone who no one is. <laughs> Not even we ourselves. We're imagining somebody that nobody is, and so uh, the, the, she doesn't meet her soulmate. I don't think they exist. We generally are very idealistic when we think about our mates, the people that we want to share our lives with. So she's not that. Uh, this guy and her, she are really meant to be together. They are really divinely meant to be together. 
uh, and they 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 have some similarities in their childhood. Now, do they love each other? Absolutely. Do they intentionally hurt each other? No. And they don't. And then at the they're they're just coming together and realizing what they are. They're just realizing it at the um, at the end of the story. And they are both incredible leaders, two incredible leaders. But uh, there's so much more to Long Walk Up than what I just told you. You would have to just go get the book. And it's only six. It's six ninety five. It's also an ebook format. Uh, and you can get it for six dollars in, in in ebook format. Uh, you can go right to chistel dot com, c h i s t e l l dot com. I try to write stories with a that deal with the human element. I don't write stories so much from a racial or cultural perspective. Something that you can anybody who's human can get something out of this story. Because uh, uh, we're all connected, we are all more alike than we might think that we are. And I would love to autograph a copy for you if you if you order a copy of Long Walk Up, and it's you would pay it directly through PayPal. You don't. I don't think you need a PayPal account to get it through PayPal. So, uh, or you could either order it through a money order or a check, and send it to Chisto Publishing, uh, or again just order it directly through PayPal. And it'll take you just a couple of minutes, and you're done. No tax. I pay tax. You don't pay tax. I pay taxes on each book I sell. I never transfer that cost to you, ever. I pay it. You never do. And I don't include it in the price of the book. I know a lot of times you hear somebody say, you don't have to pay this or that, but they include it in the price of the book. No. I pay tax. You don't. And no shipping and handling. That's not included in the price of the book. I pay it. You don't. So no shipping and handling and no tax. And the the, the shipping is priority mail, which is pretty good, which I'm probably really getting about three bucks off of each book when I, when I get through with the priority and the tax. Uh, but I value you that much. I value you that much. And Long Walk Up is a good book, as is is Spiral and Love Has Many Faces and Portia. Um, Very inspirational, Portia and Long Long Walk Up. Very inspirational. Love Has Many Faces and Spiral. If you like mystery, those are the two books you would want to get. And I'm I'm currently working on uh, my new book, finalizing it. Love Pour Over Me. And I, this is a book uh, more like your, a mainstream novel that you will read. Long Walk Up is Thin, Portia is Thin. They're very inspirational, uh, motivational books. Uh, Love as Many Faces is very long. And when I say very long, I mean like maybe 350 pages. No, I think it's almost closer to 400. And Spiral's about 250. Love Pour Over Me is turning into about, about three, 310. Mm-hmm. Probably going to be about 310, 320 pages. Uh, and Portia and Long Walk Up are 100 pages, it, it, and that's it. They're, they're very short. So um, you can read them in a matter of, of hours. But Love Pour Over Me is the longest mainstream novel that I've really, really got down to the knuckles and bones 
working with my editor on. I have really put a lot of work in, and so did my editor uh, on Love Pour Over Me, line edited, structurally edited. I've done gone back through her line edits. I have a wonderful editor, Susan Bono, out of California, and she she's worked with me on Long Walk Up and Love Pour Over Me. So those are the two books she's worked with me on. And I'm um, doing the structural now. So back back to the structural, I'm on Chapter 11. About a third of the way through, but I want to get it finished so I can get it out this year. I've already had a few people uh, reach out to me for uh, love pour over me, so I want to get definitely want to get it out this year. So that's what I'm working on. But my latest on the market right now is Long Walk Up. If I didn't believe in what's in the story, uh, I don't think I would. I don't think I'd push it. I don't think I would have published it first of all because I like to do. Uh, my best work. I like to give you. I'm not saying it's the best. I'm saying I I give you my best at that time. And if you knew the months and the years I put into just one book, it, it, it's I, I usually put about three, two and a half to three years of of really hard work into a story. Love for over me again. I'm going back over that, getting closer to it. To to get it out, to get it out now. So, um, again, love pour over me, and that you should see that out um, later this year. And I'm, I have a goal to get that out later this year. So uh, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm working on right now. I wish, I wish you all would lighten up the lines. I'd, I'd be chatting with you and talking to you. <laughs> we have a 13 minutes to go, and once again. Uh, I want to thank you all for being here with me. Uh, we were going to interview another guest, and I don't like to say the guest's name because I don't know why uh, she was unable to connect. My guest is, again, she has a, those email spam boxes, and I don't think she got my message because uh, she did thank me for a link I had I sent her. She did say thanks for the link. But sometimes with those spam boxes, you know, you have to put a message in to the person. I don't know if they, all they see is that one message and that's in the subject that you don't have a lot of space to type in. And then you have to put a code in. So I, I'm, I'm not really a big fan of those. Um, I've, I've known other people who have used them, and I think they got my messages before. But for some reason, I don't think she got all of the message. I I, I, I want to get stop and give you all some tips as well. One I had put up on my website. Um, I interviewed an an author uh, uh, recently, Mr. Thompson, and he wrote a trilogy in The Ghost of Atlanta, Julius Thompson. The Ghost of Atlanta is the latest, and he says the last, the last book. He's not going to continue it uh, in, in the trilogy. He was a sports writer in Philadelphia, and uh, he's interviewed some, some pretty prominent athletes, uh, uh, Dr. J, Julius Irving, and, and Kobe Bryant's father uh, when he played in the NBA as well. But anyhow, his latest book is The Ghost of Atlanta, and he was on, and he said one thing and a tip I wanted to pass on to you, which I had added to my website last week, but I updated my writing tip on my website, uh, again, which is chistel.com, C-H-I-S-T-E-L-L.com. I, I updated that <laughs> today. But prior to the to today's up, update, the tip was what he said when he, because I had asked him, are you working on any new material? 
now that the ghost of Atlanta is out and it's up for some awards uh, in in Georgia where he where he lives, he said, um, and the story takes place in Atlanta. But he said uh, there was a friend of his who had told him uh, when he finished a a story years ago, he, his friend told him, now sit down and write the first couple of paragraphs or the first chapter of your next book. Soon as you, as soon as you write the last line on the book you just finished, he said, "That's how you keep." There's that theme again. Keep going. That thing just keeps popping up. It's here for perhaps me and many, many listeners. That thing just keeps coming up. Keep going. So he, um, he said he did, and so that's a tip I pass on to 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 you to get started to keep going. You finish something, start on something else. Uh, right away, because I had I had told him I generally had the habit I would take some time off before I'd start something something different, and I've heard that advice as well. But just make sure, even if you do take some time off after you finish a short story, a poem, a song, a script, uh, a, 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 whether it's for television or for a major motion picture, or whether you finish something or something you're just going to put a film straight to video or a book. Uh, whatever you do, whatever you create, a, a product, uh, a, a service, that once that is finished, a training program, you you at some point give yourself only so much time before you go back and start something else. So you keep going. So you start something new and you and you and you keep going. That's a tip that I want to pass on to you. And I, and also I have a tip on my website. Uh, today about copyrights and trademarks. I do some, um, I respond to questions uh, that are sent to me. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a company, and I wish I could think of the name of the company. I want to say Time Warner, but I, I could be incorrect in saying that. It's a major company. And what they do is they take people, you, you, I volunteer, they take volunteers, people who want to respond to other folks' questions, but you have to have some experience in the field, and I, I do it as a writer. And I, some of the questions that I get uh, make me know, even though I've been writing and, and been published for several years, that there are those who are starting out, and they they don't know what somebody's been doing something for 20, 30 years knows, because I still get questions from people uh, they'll say I have these I have these ideals for a novel, and I can tell they're very passionate about it, and they want to write a story, but they don't know they don't know how to get started. And so, as simple as that might sound, as someone who's written several novels, or somebody might want to uh, be almost parental and like slap somebody's hand and say, "Just sit down and start writing." If it was that simple for the person, I guess they would have done that. But Sometimes people just don't know how do I begin. It could be the inner critic is at work so hard that they don't trust that anything they write is going to be worth reading. Uh, to, to that, I tell people just just put the inner critic to the side. When I first started writing, my inner critic was loud, and I could hardly get anything done. Just and just start writing, and just tell yourself, I will edit this when I'm finished. When I get it all on paper, reason being, and I've heard other authors say this as well, if you edit as you go, you might think you're getting ahead so you don't have to edit when you finish, but your your material might be lacking. So if you just let everything about the story or whatever you're creating just gush out, just pour out of you, 
you have a lot more material to work with when you go back and edit than you would, I would venture to say, if you edit it all along the way. Because when you edit, you're just going to keep dismissing stuff, saying, now this, I shouldn't put this in, and now this and now that. Get the story down first. Because your gem, your jewel is the, is the story. Get it down first. And then go back and line edit and get the grammar and the voice and 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 get that that uh, uh, the subject verb agreement and all of that get that get that down and check your spelling later but first get your story down just create the story first so that's that's a question i get a lot and that's um that's that's a tip i would tell somebody just 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 write just get the story down let it gush out let it pour out of you and tell the critic well, uh, you you know I can use you, but not right now. You you know you hold off, and then later <laughs> let that critic part of, critical part of you come back and edit. When you edit the story, it'll be really helpful to you. Uh, as far as marketing and promotion, uh, I think at some point in in maybe everybody's career, uh, you might need to go get some help. Uh, not that you don't know how to do it, but that there's really this thing called twenty four hours in a day, or if it, even if it's not such a thing as 24 hours in a day. After a while, you're going to get tired. We only have so much energy, it seems, for each day, and then we get we get tired. So um, you might need help uh, just so you get more bandwidth. You get, you, you know, five people can do a lot more. Uh, just mentioning your book to maybe five or ten people, then, then if you had to continuously do it all plus write books, Plus edit, plus do 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 your do your work, whatever writing work you do. If you plan on writing, I mean, it's such a passion that you want to earn a living writing. Uh, I certainly am not going to be one that, to to give you advice on what you should do because you know inside yourself, you know the answer that I don't. I only know for me. I don't know for you, but um, just some ideals, perhaps to start. And if you got a job, I don't recommend people quitting their job. But to um, and until you get the inner guidance to do so, but to um, perhaps think about doing some freelance writing until that, because every time you write, whether you're writing an article, interviewing somebody for journalism, you're strengthening your skill because you're using it. It's like lifting weights. You're strengthening your skill. Of course, you want time to rest. You don't want to overdo it. Like you don't want to overdo anything, but if you want to to write, you know that's what you want the bulk of your life. It makes you feel so good, you enjoy it so much. Perhaps doing some freelancing, and then you get to where you are writing full time. Thank God, I am I'm a full time writer, and so I'm truly grateful for that. Uh, and I'm telling you, it can be done. I'm doing it, so I know it can be done. Uh, you can write full time and go on vacation and pay all your bills, and have money to save and invest. I'm doing it. Remember what I said about contracts? It can be done. There are many, many, many people doing it. And so uh, um, you don't have to be a household name, uh, not that you won't become one, but you don't have to be one to to be able to do that. So, uh, But go down and go, you might want to consider that to do some freelancing and then continue with your poetry or your script writing and submit your work and edit your work and work on it until that begins to grow. 
It was because while you're doing your freelancing, you're strengthening your writing skills. And trust me, the editors out there, they, they love to tell you where you can improve. <laughs> so, and that's a blessing. There will always be editors who will help writers be better writers, whether you solicit their feedback or not. They will be, they just, editors love to be editors. And they will tell you, you know, your in, your your intro is not as strong. You're this. You're this. It's it's it, this is this is not as clear as it could be. And so, um, they that as you freelance, the editors that you work with, and don't 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 discourage the editors. The editors that you work with, they're gonna make you a better writer. And then at the end of the day, you can thank them uh, as much as they might have gotten on your nerves. Who likes to always be told they could do something better? But every now and then you'll hear an editor say good job too. You'll hear editors say good job. But uh, you all, I think the I think the ones who keep, keep telling you how you can improve are helping you to get become better and better and better and better and better. And who couldn't become better? Who couldn't use this skill to become better? I don't think any. I think all of us could. So uh, the freelance writing—that's the way you can write. And can and show yourself you can do it full time, and for the, with the internet, oh my goodness, oh my goodness! Particularly if you get SEO, uh, search engine optimization skills down, uh, if you know medical writing's big, technical writing's big, grant writing's big, some business plan writing, proposal writing. And we had a guest here on Off the Shelf who did business plan writing, and I think. Her fees are, are pretty sweet, and she, she does all right by herself. She lives out in California. We have come to the last minute of today's show. I actually thought I was going to cut today's show short, but uh, I did not have to do that. If at any time you want to email me, you can just go to chistel.com. Shoot me an email if you want some tips. Uh, I don't read people's stories, but if you want some tips, in regards to writing, how you can get your freelance writing career going, or uh, any 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 advice in regards to uh, book book the book industry, I am certainly certainly open. Um, and I want to thank you again for being here with us on Off the Shelf. Please, please, please go get a copy of Long Walk Up. C H I S T L L dot com. Go over to Chistel dot com today. Again, that's C H I S T E L L dot com, and order a copy of Long Walk Up or one of the other books, and see what you get out of it. See what you get out of it. You know, you have to take my word for it. See what you get out of it. And I'd love to autograph a copy for you as well. I want to wish you all a wonderful, wonderful Memorial Day weekend as you think about your loved ones and those who have served in, in, in the service and in and, and the military. And, and I thank you all. I hope you go out and go to the beach or go to the movies or out to eat or just visit with family and friends and do something that you deserve. You truly deserve to be treated. You deserve to treat yourself to a good time this weekend, a good, safe, healthy time this weekend, and I hope that you will do that. Thank you for being here with us here at Off the Shelf. We will be back next Saturday at 11 a.m., Eastern Standard Time, bringing you another wonderful guest. Yes, we will. I hope you'll be here with us. And I truly value you and appreciate you. you. You're just marvelous. You are absolutely marvelous. I mean that sincerely. Go out and create a wonderful day for yourself. Please tell your family and friends and loved ones, tune in to Off the Shelf, 11 o'clock on a Saturday morning. It'll do you good. Love you. Bye-bye.